Well, regardless, you have to do what's right for Henry now. What's that? Oh, I don't know. You're his mother. That's your job. So you figure it out. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably ever after! I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Mads! And I am talking to my future self from the past. Hey, how's that lack of sleep going? Elaine! (laughs) Oh my goodness, yeah, when this comes out, you're going to be like a full-on mom. Yeah, one way or another, that kid's out by whenever this one comes out. (laughs) Well, there's only like two options. There's one way or another. Is Is there a third option? Can you, like, apparate the baby out of you? No, absolutely not. No, or else this child would have tried. This tri- Just, The child is trying to escape through my left rib cage right now. Um, they are confused. <laughs> I, mm, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about it on the show before. My little brother did the same thing to my mom. I would, like, sit on the couch and her chest would just rise from my brother putting his feet on her ribs and pushing out. But that means that your brother was head down. Yes. But that also means that I have a lifelong um, body horror over the idea of carrying a child. Oh, I've definitely called our little marshmallow mommy's little parasite a few times. (laughs) Good times. No offense to anyone who takes offense to that, but it's true. (laughs) Well, this is, you can now do the thing. You can do the thing, the thing that we used to make fun of. Which one? If someone starts to get upset with you, you can just go, well, as a mother. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to do my best not to be that person. Unless they deserve it. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm wondering, is it too late to freeze my eggs? It's never too late to freeze your eggs unless you don't have any. Oh, shit. I don't. Oh, I, I don't have... yes, it's way too late to freeze your eggs. You uh, missed that You missed that train. I missed that train when my X chromosome mutated. Yeah, you didn't you didn't get that one. Anywho. Yeah, we have an episode. Yeah, I, I liked know. this one. I did, too. I did, too. The, the, the finale this is part one of a two part finale. And uh, the finale is very good. The past is good. The present is good. Some choices are made. Uh, some priorities are skewed. It's everything you want in good TV. Yeah. We have, uh, I feel like we've already talked about it, but it's because we watched this episode at the same time. Yeah. So we have, we've texted back and forth about it. Um, so do we want to uh, jump in with the basic plot? Let's do the basic plot. Hold on, I'm burping. Do it into the mic. Do it into the no, mic. I can't. I, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not that, uh, I'm not that much of a podcaster yet. Is it because you know I will put it in the recording? Yes. Also, I had already burped. Um, so, that that being burped, here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, Prince Charming was a second away from being beheaded by King George when Queen Regina swooped in, rescued him, and purchased his captivity with the express purpose of using him as Snow White bait. Red discovered this turn of events and reported it back to Snow White and friends as they were planning their daring siege and rescue. Surprised by Queen Regina's interference, Snow White gave everyone a chance to back out, which they all quickly refused. Grumpy took that opportunity to call in a favor to the fairies, gaining another advantage in the field. 
Their siege was successful overall with one little hitch. Snow's prince was in another castle. Queen Regina proposed a parley and Snow obliged, meeting her at the stable where Snow White's naively well-meaning childhood actions led to the unfortunate demise of Regina's true love, Daniel. Under threat of Prince Charming's death, Queen Regina convinced Snow White to willingly take a bite from a cursed apple, which placed her into a, obviously, cursed, death-like slumber. From his cell, Prince Charming felt her collapse in his heart. Snow White's cohort found her lifeless body and mourned her and the sacrifice she'd made, not only for Prince Charming, but for their safety as well. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Regina is not having a great day. Her subconscious has figured out that the curse is breaking because of Emma, and once it's broken for good, the townsfolk, including her son, will come for her. When Mr. Gold refuses to help her strengthen the curse, she turns to Jefferson, since she's been holding on to his magic hat this whole time. She asks him to use it one last time, revealing that she has a few magical items hidden away that may be able to make it work. On the condition that she gives him and his daughter a new story for their life together in Storybrooke, he agrees. He agrees. Unfortunately, the trinkets she had in mind didn't contain enough power, and Regina is forced to give up the engagement ring from her true love. While this isn't enough magic to open a full-sized portal, she is able to direct it to a specific time and place, and Jefferson reaches in and grabs the freshly bitten apple as it tumbles down the hill. Regina makes a delightful turnover with it. Emma's attempt to kidnap Henry is thwarted by Henry, who isn't ready to leave Storybrooke without the curse being broken. Resigned, Emma asks Dr. Hopper Resigned, Emma asks Dr. Hopper if she has a case against Regina for custody. Considering Henry's slightly truant behavior since she came to town, Dr. Hopper encourages her to try to find a way to remain in Henry's life while dropping her war with Regina instead. She sadly agrees and heads over to Regina's house to propose a truce. She tells Regina she's leaving town on the condition that she gets visiting rights. As far as compromises go, it's the best she can do for both of them. Regina agrees, offering Emma a delightful apple turnover for the road as a sign of peace. When Emma confronts Henry to tell him about the new arrangement, he spies the turnover and knows exactly what's what. He takes a single bite of it and collapses in front of Emma. And that's where the episode ends. And that's where the episode ends. Ah, cliffhanger. Oh, no. Every every finale has to be a two-parter. And the the best part about this two-parter is it's not one of those two-parters where they left it for the next season to pick up. Yeah, they would never do that. Ever. That would be an awful thing to do to your audience. Lots of people do it. Like, just like a huge cliffhanger, major change, and then bam, season over, and you're stuck waiting months, maybe even a year for the next episode. Imagine doing that to your audience. Man, I don't know why Game of Thrones just came to my mind. I don't know why we just came to mind. Any hoozles, just a friendly reminder to our audience that uh, after after the finale, we will have uh, some bonus episodes, but we will be taking a brief hiatus <laughs> until August so that uh, Elaine... Wait, or was it September? We're, I thought we were taking August off. We are taking August off. We'll be taking a brief hiatus and returning in September yes. to, so that... Uh, 
Elaine can get some time being a new mommy, and I will hopefully be settling into a new job. Yay! Hey! I picked up some freelance stuff, so hey. Yay! We're all good. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I might have income again soon. It's nice. Income's nice. It's hard to live without that capitalism. Oof. Well, I've been I've been a uh, a house husband for the last, you know, a house spouse. House spouse. House spouse. I like house spouse. Yes. It's one of those uh, things where I would love to be a house spouse, but I also know that my income is very important. <laughs> oh my God. I hate it. Um, I need activities. Oh. I need, I need structure. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where I say I would love to be a house spouse, but I also know that I do too many things and am have not enough willpower to maybe be the most efficient house spouse. So it's good that I have a full-time job instead. Oh, it's been so wild for me. So going from, you know, uh, working in eight to five for ages. And uh, now I'm in this position where I'm like, my time is my own. I have completely collapsed. I've worn like the same pajama pants for days on end. Uh, I have been like, this is con- you're making a concerned face. I, I oh, swear. No. I was just going to say, <laughs> as a pregnant woman who has worked from home for the last year and a half, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just like, I need, I like have a physical need to do things because I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, like the the drive to keep my space that I live in clean is like gone. As we a person. To rec- we're person. supposed to record this in person. I was just like, Elaine, you can't come over to my house. I don't want you to see how I've been living. Once again, as a person who has been working from home since March 2020, I have no idea what you're talking about. Before this, she's like, it's okay. We've lived together. And I'm like, no, we've lived together. You've seen how I like to keep the house. It is not there. It's not <laughs> in the zip code of there. Like, to which I was like, my house is dirty. Just come here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it is. I got 5, I got exactly two PM. I got exactly two chores done today and that was a lot. For being I will be I'll be 38 weeks pregnant tomorrow. That's that's like at least one chore more than I normally do. The so. chore I will manage today is um showering. Good for you. I have to do that with you. I'm going to make it happen. I just got my hair done yesterday, so it's definitely not getting washed for another two days. So. Well, well, my husband, my husband found a project for me today because oh. he wanted me to like do something for like my mental health, I think, and also yeah. for his. And so we uh, we like organized in the bedroom, and it was like, okay, good. Yeah. We have an episode to talk about. Look, this is a good episode, and I, I, <laughs> I was joking. I was joking <clears throat> with Luther about last week's episode because we both liked last week's episode so much. And I was like, that might be our most boring actual recording to date because we liked the episode so much we didn't have anything to like. Oh no, it's a fun about. Oh, okay, it's good. So here's the secret: I don't actually listen to our episodes. Oh my gosh, no. I I do sometimes. I do sometimes when I run out of stuff, but I will probably listen to these two because I will probably not be sleeping much in the (laughs) next few weeks, so I'll need some stuff to listen to. So that being said, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, we're going to start with the past today. Yes. So, so you you texted me immediately something about bad CGI. Oh, I'm assuming that was uh, the courtyard. 
I was happy to see that the courtyard didn't look as horrible as it normally does. Because it was a daytime scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it actually came out looking like okay-ish, where everything wasn't floaty. And I was like, damn, I wish I had like a throne in my courtyard. Yeah. Well, he had just, someone bring that down for him. He can't just sit in a normal chair. And God, he can't stand during a beheading, please. They had so many like strong props. They had a guillotine, um, which you can find instructions to build online. Just oh. throwing that out there for anyone uh, who might need that information when the revolution comes. Yeah. And. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I, I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed how this is a big old kingdom and they're in the center of the marketplace. And there are maybe like 12 extras. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like nobody here. Um, there were a couple of townsfolk who were like peeking around. And in a very obviously I'm an extra and they told me to peek around manner. Um, I've never been an extra before. I have. Wait, no, that's a lie. I have been an extra before. Thanks, Monique. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> which was such an odd choice because, okay, we're having it in the square, which means it's a public execution. Of but his son. Of his son. But you're casually revealing it's not his son yeah. in the public square. Yeah. It's not your son in the public square. But also there's only like, you know, a handful of people there. So like, what is what what is happening here staging wise? Walk me un- through this. I didn't understand the choice to have it like in a public place, but without the public, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get that he didn't want to get like anywhere in the castle bloodied, um, but there could be a more private courtyard. Yeah, it feels like there could be a more private place for this execution of your son. Yeah. Mildly public execution of your son. Mildly uh, public execution of your I, son. I did enjoy that he he almost bit it. Um, and <laughs> not, not, not in a bloodthirsty way, but I liked the transition between the blade and the magic that happened in that scene. When the blade is coming down and it's about a foot from his neck and it turns into water and drenches him instead. Absolutely my second favorite prop in this scene. With the water? Uh, yeah, the water and the blade thing. Yeah, that uh, was first favorite. First favorite prop was actually uh, David. Um, because he had nothing to do in this scene. Except almost die. Yeah, just be carried from spot to spot. Uh, I, I love whenever like Regina and the, and, and the king are having like their chat. And he's just kind of there. Well, yeah. That's like he happened. has... He has no feedback. He has no like, how dare you? Or you can't do this. Or like, just, he just, just looks there. back and forth. And yeah. Like, eyeball react. It's um, awkward as great. hell. It's super awkward. Regina's outfit though. Least awkward thing about the scene. Uh, her, her good outfit this episode. This is her good outfit this episode. I'm sad that this outfit didn't get used for the later scenes because the collar and neckline on this outfit was like, Circus master ish, like ringleader. No, not ringleader. Ring yeah, master, that's the word. Ring mastery, in such a beautiful, like detailed, fun way. Unlike the collar we get later, which I texted to Mads like four times that it was sewn on crooked. She's so bothered by this collar, y'all. Like <laughs> so every time, every collar. time. I go to the Renaissance Festival. Everyone, you know, all the nobles I know make their own costumes. They know better than to sew their collars on crooked. Or if they're Velcroed, like sometimes they're Velcroed, sometimes they're snapped. They're on straight every morning and they do not get must. 
I, and see, so this is like normally a costume note that I would pick up on. And like, for me, I was just like, yeah, but her hair. Well, yeah, you, you were all about her hair. And I was like, but the collar. I couldn't look at her hair because of the collar. Um, but this one, it's like red velvet with a black collar and a choker and like a mesh uh, upper chest piece with like sequin details on it. It's so pretty. It's so good. And it's like, this is, this is your good costume. Why are you, why yeah. are you not using this? They wasted more? it. They wasted it. It was such a good costume. Um, and so I'm she, just going to say that costume makes more practical sense for every other scene she's in mm-hmm. than the large gown she has. Mm-hmm. Whereas the large gown makes more sense for the grand entrance into the presence of a king. Right. They got it backwards. Yep. Maybe this one read better on the green screen, though, because the other one was a little reflective. That's true. And the other one is also used in real outdoor scenes, which I love when they do yeah. real outdoor scenes on this show. It's also used in dark green screen mm-hmm. scenes. So it's probably easier to hide some of the glare from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it was still a way better outfit for this scene. <laughs> uh, so she she offers more than what King Midas was going to give them had the marriage gone through. For Prince Charming's life, which she's just going to use to make sure he's miserable because he's bait. Yeah. He, he, what's the, what's the male term for damsel? Uh, a David. He's the David in distress. <laughs> I'm not sure. A he's dude in distress? <laughs> a duke in distress? I, I was going to say dumbass, but that was rude. No. <laughs> No, because no, because remember, past past enchanted David isn't as dumb as cursed present David. That coma did something to his brain. Yes. So he's Clearly. not as dumb here. He's just he's just captive and in distress and needs rescuing. He's he's less dumb in the past. One well, too many one too many bonks on the head. Unlike the writers, I actually watched this television program. Yes. And I noticed that he died in the first episode. <laughs> or like he was like on the edge of dying. So yes. like, yeah, let's just well, say that that scrambled up. his brain. That's why he woke up in a coma. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, he was, he was pro- honestly, had the curse not hit, he probably would have died. The curse. That's destroying uh, Snow White's happiness with, with way fewer steps. Just throwing that out there. She did it herself. She did it yep. herself. The curse probably actually saved his life. Yep. <laughs> because then she'd have been Davidless and babyless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they'd have sent the it, think of think of that twist. If she had like magicked like a big fog rolling in, like a curse was coming, and they took all these precautions against it, and then there was actually no curse. Oh, uh, that is some see, you need to play a bard. <laughs> That was my first D&D character ever, and I was not as... I need to do it now that I'm more confident with the format. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You would do some straight-up Sinister Illusion stuff. I mean, I've already I, I've already sort of played a bard, but I was a barbarian about it, because I was writing romance novels about all the other characters' in-game antics. You were the bardbarian. I was the bardbarian. Was, that was a class in 3.5, the Scald, I think, which was fun. Yeah, you were telling me I needed to, to multi-class and become a Scald. Yes. And you didn't even know I was the one writing the friend fix. And I didn't even know that. <laughs> but uh, so so he's he's captive. And Red comes from eating somebody. 
uh, foreshadowing, and uh, tells everyone that, uh, okay, we're not fighting King George anymore. We're fighting Regina now. Welp. Oh, the line, the line. You have to say the line. Which, hold on, I'll find it. Um, Red, you got someone on your chin. (laughs) Get it, girl. If I had a nickel for every time. That's why I said, like, out of context, that is dirty. (laughs) They did not. I'd love to find the people who are writing this episode who have cleaner minds than me. Because there's so much this particular there's episode. There's so many this episode where I'm like, you did not you did not run this past even a 12-year-old. I don't know if, like, Mercury is in horny or what, but, like, everything, everything this episode made me go, <laughs> um, No, that's just the way it's written because you heard, I, I texted every time. <laughs> about certain lines in this show. Like something would be said and I would be like, and then my phone would go, bloop. (laughs) (laughs) We kept texting each other the exact same things. It was great. It was great. Um, Uh, So, so Snow White does, does the usual thing. I can do this alone. You don't have to risk your lives against the queen for me. And they're all like, you're dumb. No. Um, I like how Grumpy hadn't even considered calling in the fairies before Regina was involved. Oh yeah, they were just going to storm the castle. They're just going to, and he's not magical, so they weren't worried about that. Um, Regina, though, magical. Yeah, well, and also uh, we've seen that uh, King George's castle is kind of a joke. I mean, yeah. we every time we see it, we're breaking into it. It's, it <laughs> looks exactly like the castle that Rumpelstiltskin set on fire. So weird. So weird how those sets look alike. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> also, I mean, their kingdom's broke, so those guards are probably being oh, paid. Yeah, um, they only just got money. They haven't had time to distribute those funds yet. Oh, yeah. They're they're just like, well, I mean, yeah. we're kind of in a transition hey, period. How did he get all those guards to die for his stupid vengeance plot without paying them? Unpaid interns. It was for exposure. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, is going to actually be... I, my brain like shut down for a second. It's like, yeah, this is great exposure for you as a guard. Um, what you're going to do is you'll use this as a portfolio piece. Mm-hmm. And it's going to look really great if you want to be one of the faceless knights of the Dark Queen's court. Think of the upward mobility you'll get with this yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. You helped track down a guy. Good job. So many opportunities. Yes, he may allegedly be a prince, but I mean, realistically, he's a farm boy. How hard can that be? Oh, no. Farm boys are harder to track down than princes, though, right? Uh, according to every YA novel I've ever read, yes. There you go. Um, I do. I have a note here. Hold on. I have to find it. Okay. So Snow White acknowledges to Red because Red asks, why would she do this? You know, to Charming and to her. And Snow acknowledges that she knows that she ruined the queen's happiness. But is she doesn't know how? She She's knows that well she knows that that because of her the queen lost Daniel. Daniel ran away. Yes. Daniel ran away. That's yes. what it was. Okay. okay. He went to live on a farm. And he's way harder to find now. Yeah. Like like my cat Sheba. You don't have a catch. I did when I was a kid. Oh, that makes more sense. 
I wonder if she's happy on that farm. I think she's so happy on that farm. She's the happiest she's ever been. All the mice she can eat. And there's catnip growing everywhere. Oh my God. She's probably she's high so, as balls somewhere. She's, she's high as balls. She's so happy. So happy on that farm. Okay. <laughs> so Charming hangs out in jail and Regina is super creepy about it. Oh my God. She's like all touchy on him this episode. She walks into that jail cell and she's like, oh, I guess I see the appeal. And I did note a fun little costume thing. He's got his arrow hole in his shoulder. Yeah. They left his arrow hole. Um, but like, he's not in the that. swing because that was pretty recent, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really recent, but he's got use of both his arms, but he's still got the arrow hole. <laughs> Look at the attempt at continuity we have here. The attempt at an attention to detail. The costumer's got it right. There's whoever decided not to put the sling on him, <laughs> bad call. I'm going to blame the director of this yes. episode. Usually so, I do. Yeah. Usually I may, like, anytime an actor makes a weird choice, I'm like, mm, director. Milan Chalov, get it together. Come on. Person. What else have you directed? Oh my God, this man's this man looks like Wooly Willy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay, so anyway, where were we? We were at Charming's hanging out in jail, and Regina comes in all creepy. Um, girl's thirsty. Yeah, in like a big way. Girl's super thirsty. Um, and this is after she has uh, yeah, she's got face on retainer. Yeah. So she just appreciates a fine man in leather pants. Well, we are recording this in Pride Month. So who doesn't? Right. It's um, it's a good time to appreciate uh, mediocre bearded white men in leather pants. Look, leather pants on the right booty. Here for it. Yeah. As, some, as someone who owns leather pants and a, lo- a nice booty, I'm a fan. Uh, I think the kids would say you have an absolute dump truck ass, but that's like a positive thing. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. Because I, I don't know how to take that otherwise. Um, my my husband overheard some two dudes talking about my butt in these leather pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing a show and the bar wasn't open. We had to go next door to a bar. So I ran next door to a bar to get a couple beers before the show. And uh, as I ran from one building to another, dudes waited for me to go in. And one of them was said something to the effect of, ooh, she's thick like grits. <laughs> and the other dude shook his head and corrected him and said, nah, man, like oatmeal. And Luther was like, can't argue. Just nodded Damn. to himself, yeah. took a drag of a cigarette, <laughs> waited for me to come out with his beer. <laughs> um, for our audience, I think Elaine should cosplay Lady Dimitrescu. Um, I'm short, though. You're you're fairly tall compared to a lot of the other gals here. I am tall for a half Cajun woman. You are tall for a half Cajun woman. Yeah, I'm tall I'm for like a Cajun a lady. I'm like a foot taller than you, but it's yes, just... you are a foot taller than me. I'm a big gal. I get to I get to round up to five five. That's another that's another bit for our wiki. Uh, <laughs> five four and three quarters. Corey, you can just write that uh, Mads is a is a giantess. <laughs> Thanks for taking that on for us, Corey. Yeah, we've just volunteered. <laughs> well, it was Corey's idea. <laughs> All right. So 
So Regina goes in to like taunt Charming. Yeah, 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 yeah. About all this stuff. No big deal. Um, And then she shows him the red apple that's going to be Snow White's punishment. And Charming immediately knows what this is. He's threatening her with fruit. Oh, no, this can only mean one thing. And she walks out of the, the jail cell with the apple brandished. And he tries to, like, get to it, but magically closes. And I'm just like, how many apples have we used in this timeline? Yeah, yeah. Like, we well, know the sleeping curse came from Maleficent. But she yes. used a spindle. Maybe she's used the sleeping curse before. Like, she, or? like I said, she got it. She got it from she got it from Maleficent in that like first or second episode that Luther doesn't remember watching. It was so long ago. I, I mean, we've got seven seasons of this show, so I'm sure we're going to see her do another sleeping curse in the past. <sighs> and we're going to see another sleeping curse, and we're going to see someone else dealing with um, a rogue mermaid that got brought up once and thrown away. Um, We'll get there. We'll get we'll there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> ah! So, so yeah, jail cell closes. No big deal. Yeah, uh, she does an evil laugh. She does a couple of evil laughs this episode that are good. Um, I've done a couple of evil laughs this so, episode. So the the castle siege, good fight scene. Good fight scene. I enjoy I enjoy action hero Snow White. Um, murderous sidekick Grumpy is a fun touch. His grin, I was texting you about this. His yes. grin, he's got crazy eyes. Yes. He is absolutely terrifying. Like the glee he is taking in doing all this bloodless murder. Well, do you remember when he was dreamy and he was just always crazy eyes? Yeah. He's got a little bit of that left over. Like this man is just. He dreams of murder now. I would cast him as a serial killer. I could see it. I like the actor. Maybe let's have him play. Um, let's have him play John Wayne Gacy. Um, All right. But for like a, a celebrity deathmatch reboot movie. <laughs> um, yes. But he'll play. He'll play Gacy, and we'll get someone else to play. I don't know. Um, he, the don't Night know. Stalker, and they'll like fight. Yes, I do like that they gave him a couple of the best lines in this show. The first one being red you've got someone on your chin and then they they have like him just as they're running to storm the castle he just goes huh i miss stealthy well yeah he's the only dwarf who gets a speaking line in the a speaking role in this episode other than um probably a a line in the script that says dwarves react i i have to revisit snow white action figure action figure action hero because she does a um she does a fight move that looks very impressive but i don't understand the physics of it how do you do a knee slide on cobblestone without knee pads um maybe it was wet outside it wasn't cobblestone when they rendered went before they rendered the scene yeah i know i know but it was one of those things where i was watching and going Huh. Mm-mm. It looked real cool, but they maybe needed a different surface for her. Um, yeah. And then they're they're just like all these dwarves are like straight up murdering people in the night's market, but they're not murdered because they they wake back up as soon as they start celebrating their little victory, and then they're surrounded again. And then the fairies come in, to which Luther was like, probably should have sent them in first. 
I mean, we we straight up see these pickaxes go into chests and spines. Yeah. And come out, again, clean. Yeah. Um, so those are just the people that Snow White had knocked out that came back. Yeah. So she was being way less efficient in this siege than everyone else was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think uh, I think maybe this apple juice is going to my head. Oh, um, I, I have I have uh, alcohol removed wine, sparkling brute again. Mm-hmm. I have one for this episode and one for the finale. Free. I they have, don't sponsor us. I have um, our guest star Jim Beam. Ah, how's Jim doing? I miss Jim. Well, you'll see him in a few weeks. I miss Jim. Can you drink while breastfeeding? I can have 1.5 ounces two hours before I breastfeed, but I should only have that occasionally. That's it. I can have a shot every few days. I can have a shot, which is fine. I have been teetotaling for nine months, so it works out. Mads is doing math. This is this is Mads's math face that I'm seeing on the web camera right now. <laughs> the silence that you're getting is oh, it's an audio format. Um, <laughs> that silence, the silence you hear was Mads doing math. Don't worry, I always truncate and compress silence. My oh, just to, just to add a little bit more personal detail that has nothing to do with the episode. My husband, my delightful, wonderful husband, has already bought me my push present, which I have only been able to smell. Which is a Glen Morangi Nectar d'Or. And uh, it smells like honey and whiskey, obviously. Uh, and I'm so excited about it. Ah, uh, you were talking about it last week. And I was like, if you need any help, I will. Uh... It's one of those things where I'm going to allow people to like taste little bits of it. But the rest of it is for me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is mama's juice. Yeah, that's your mom juice because... Uh, that's my push present. Yeah. <laughs> or, or my sit there and be cut open present. We'll see. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Then my recover for two weeks after being cut open present. C-section, still legitimate birth. Well, I mean, I mean, I was a C-section. <laughs> after... See, this is this is my fear with, with you having a C-section. As your friend, mm-hmm. as, as your family... Mm-hmm. Um, that child is never, ever, ever going to be allowed to forget it because there's a reason we're friends and there's a reason we're family and you and my mother get along way too well. We get along real well. <laughs> and have a lot in common. I am very familiar with the 36 hours of labor my mother went through. Oh, I don't have to. I won't have any of that unless we start early. <laughs> yeah. I won't have any of that. Like I was... I might, there is a chance that I may get through this whole pregnancy without feeling a single contraction. Hey, always so that means, look on the bright side That means that life. the next baby is going to be a completely different experience. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Anyway, speaking of pickaxes, pickaxes ripping people apart. What, what you got? What you next got? Next baby. Oh yeah, we're playing. Dude, we come from we come from families with siblings. I don't see either of us stopping with an only child unless we have to. Mm-hmm. No, I love my only child friends, but we're we're gluttons for punishment. We're gonna have a sibling. I mean, you'll have to keep trying until like one of them is like very clearly gay. Oh, <laughs> have I not already told you? Have I not already said the thing? I don't know if I want this recorded. 
<laughs> I have already said, I was like, it's okay. I can handle being a boy mom just so long as one of them's effeminate. <laughs> I mean, statistically speaking, it's usually the younger siblings. It's uh, it's super uncommon when the oldest or older siblings are, are, are gay. Not in my family. That, that, yeah, I know. Not in mine. Because <laughs> my brother is aggressively heterosexual. My, my cousin who is my second oldest. So my brother is the oldest and then the second oldest in the family who's my oldest cousin. He and his husband have been happily married for years. They're so cute. <laughs> my, uh, my brother is um, very clearly heterosexual, but with queer energy. So but he's not a theater guy. But you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. Speaking of theater guys. Speaking of the actual episode that we are not talking about, because there's not a, there's so much we oh, like. Yeah, we like. I'm 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 gonna try to rush through this because it's pretty straightforward from here. So yeah. Snow White, the, the fairies come in, they knock everyone out. Snow White's able to run straight to the jail cell. She sees Charming. She opens the gate. It's actually a reflection of Charming in a magical mirror. They have their sad little, you know. She's like, but I'm here to rescue you. Oh, God, that line made me so sad, <laughs> but, but also made me giggle. You. I know. And I'm, I'm really it's, glad he did a chuckle at it's that. It's her voice. Her voice in it. She's just like so like defeat, like not defeated, but it's like when you're defeated in a, a way that you expected to be let down. Like you were yeah. sort of prepared for this. And she's it's, like, no. But his I'm ch- rescuing you. His chuckle is the first time I was straight up charmed by Josh Dallas. There you go. That's- really? Because we really liked the Troll Bridge episode. Yeah, we. I mean, I've liked him before, but that was the first time where I was like, oh. You get it now. I see it. I see it <laughs> now. And they have this sweet moment where... They're just doomed to have to keep rescuing each other and she'll come find him. It's fine. And Regina breaks in in such a um, wicked witch way from Wizard of Oz, even with the cackle. And so she shows up in the mirror and it reminded me of that scene where she appears to Dorothy in the mm-hmm. in the magic ball where she's showing her Auntie M looking for her. It reminded me of that scene. And I was like, I don't think that's intentional foreshadowing. No spoilers. No, no, but it was a great moment of uh, of a very 2020 experience, which is one of your friends actually like just jumping into that Zoom call. <laughs> oh God, yeah, and that's where she proposes <clears throat> the parlay to go meet her. No weapons at the stables where they first met. Um, and there's another uh, good line from Grumpy that comes up from here if you would like to say it when she's getting uh, rid of all of her weapons. Keep that little knife between your tuffets. <laughs> I giggled. It was funny. I liked it so much. Like <laughs> we all wrote tuffets down at some point. Oh, I like it. It was good. And she says, no, she's going to go do the honorable thing. And everyone's upset with her about it. No one wants her to do it, but she does it because she's Snow White. She's the good guy. And I know, I know, I know you hate the collar. But God, I love the hair and the makeup. It's it's such a a faux hawk on a woman. She looked like a brunette pink, and I loved it. Ugh. I was like, I I'm in lesbians with you. <laughs> I I uh 
I want to open a and b <laughs> Get two rescue call, dogs that have call, the same name. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Just... <laughs> matching flannel. I mean, Shannon and I have a lot of matching flannel as I, is. I, that was a personal dig at you, actually. <laughs> But I'm always I'm always uh, surprised at the cis gay men uh, who are so much more femme than me uh, <laughs> and pull it off so much better. I'm like, I'm just a cryptid. I'm a swamp gremlin. No hetero, but Luther and I were dating, what, two months whenever we realized we were going to end up having to introduce our cats. So <laughs> we were already planning to move in together at two months. <laughs> Speaking of straight men with queer energy, Luther. <laughs> such a good one <laughs> he's a good one he's he's one of the good ones he's one of the good ones that was that was how we that was how we knew we were ready to move in together but not ready to move in together but it's one day i just said oh no and he said what i was like we're gonna have to introduce our cats <laughs> it didn't go well they tolerate no. each other <laughs> yeah yeah but uh otherwise they're fine <laughs> uh, so so they have this parlay and Snow's like, wow, this place doesn't look any different from the day you rescued me. And Regina's like, except for this gravestone. There's a bug in here. Except for this gravestone. And she's like, oh, who's that? Well, that's Daniel. He didn't run away. He died because of you. My mother ripped out his heart. I, this scene could have gone one of two ways. It could have been tolerable. It could have been eye-rolly because of the things that have to be delivered. But somehow... Excuse me. You're burping too. Awesome. Yep. But somehow... I will edit that out. Hey. (laughs) Oh, I'm a bad friend. (laughs) That's it. That's the clip that goes at the end of the show. (laughs) But somehow, these two actresses managed to make it so full of pathos and so vulnerable and so close. And it really makes me sad that this scene made me realize that we don't see the two of them interact in this show often at all in any timeline. Like, we've seen, we saw them mourning uh, Snow's dad. Yeah. And... That's, yeah, that's and it. we I'm, got the we got the scene of Jennifer Goodwin and and, and Lana oh, in in oh. the jail. They're so electric when they're on they, screen together. They're they're seen in the schoolyard where where uh, from last episode where Mary Margaret's mm. just reading her. Just, oh, they're so good. They're so good together, and they're the, so good. The and actors, they're so. Yeah, the actors in this show have such good chemistry, and it's a shame that we don't get to see them paired off like this more often. I mean, and, especially given these two are so integral to each other's storylines. Yes. But uh, this is a long episode. I'm excited. Um, uh, I'm going to cut so much. I'm not okay. worried about it. That's okay. We spent 20 minutes talking to each other. Uh, yeah. But uh, one of the things that, so so this is the first time Snow found out that Daniel was actually dead. Yes. And she said, this is why I'm going to ruin your love, right? This is why I'm taking Prince Charming away from you. To which Snow White rightfully points out, well, you took my dad. Doesn't that make us fair? Like, make us yeah. even? And she's like, nope. 
not at all. Doesn't count. <laughs> but she's right, though. I wish there were a little more context or explanation of that. But here we are. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Doesn't make doesn't make them fair. Doesn't doesn't make them fair. I keep saying fair instead of even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she presents the apple. Says this is going to trap you. Your jail cell will be your own body. You'll be unconscious, basically dead to the world. Dead to the world. You have to eat this. She's like, "Oh, you're going to force me to eat it?" No. Here's the caveat to the apple. It has to be consensually eaten. I really want to introduce this woman to Ryan Murphy. Because I want to see her on American Horror Story. Because in this scene, when Snow bites the apple, it's just the right amount of camp. Yes. Where she's like, almost like biting the air of it. Like it looked like she was going to kiss her. Like she got so close and she was so into that moment. It's, it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. It's it's again it's high camp. I mean, she's in daytime drag. I was gonna I was gonna make a, an attempt that it may have been a little more campy because she was in daytime drag makeup. That eyeliner was too heavy for an outdoor daytime scene. Disagree. Love it. As a person with sunken eyes, it was too much. Couldn't see her eyes. Not sunken eyes. Deep set. They're deep set. Deep set. A person I once wanted to cosplay: Reg- Queen Regina from this show. Oh God! When my hair was to. short. When my hair was short. I wanted, I wanted to either be Mayor Mills or Regina would be way harder. To, like the queen would be harder because the costume is more. But I was like, I could cosplay her in either one. Those are some expensive costumes. Yeah, they are. And I don't uh, sew that well. So, Truth. But yeah, I just... I, the eye makeup made me sad because she's so pretty and it looked so bad out in the sunlight. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I wonder if I could pull that far back with my eye makeup and it would like work. But make sure your collar is not crooked. You're good. It looks good. uh, So so she's not going to force her to eat the apple. How is she going to get her to agree to eat the apple? She's going to threaten Prince Charming's life. Mm -hmm. If you don't eat the apple, he dies. Oh, in that case, chomp. And then Charming... Feels this in his heart because they are connected by true love and they will always find each other because their magic is the most powerful <sighs> love, which we only know because Rumpelstiltskin went out of his way to bottle it. I'm still a little bit like, okay, it's a little much that he feels the. He feels her feels. That's very sweet. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just something about it. I just wanted to say that because it makes me laugh. Something about it was a little corny for me. Yes. Oh, it absolutely was was absolutely cheese. And yeah, I mean, I know this scene isn't passing the Bechtel test, but I really was enjoying this scene with these two amazing women Mm -hmm. and was a little bit like, do we have to see him right now? Like, we have to make sure he's tied to the story still. (sighs) Uh, what really gets me, she must have told her friends where she was going. And if she didn't report back in at a certain amount of time, come looking for her. So they are the ones who found her, uh, on the hill. Yes. I forgot to mention though, when she lets go of the apple, it rolls down the hill. That's very important for the present. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Um, they find her and they acknowledge that she made the sacrifice, not just for charming, but for their safety too, because none of them were safe as long as she, as 
as long as the queen was seeking revenge. Even though they could have been, but they're good friends. Right. So that's a, that's the whole, it pretty much. Yeah. That's the end of the behind the scenes. Oh, oh Despite how much I we- forgot one. I forgot one. So after this, Regina goes back to the castle and charming is sad and he's mourning and all the friends are sad and they're mourning. And Regina jokes that sacrifices just aren't worth it. And mm-hmm. at first I was alarmed that they would write her saying this, but then I remembered in the timeline in her queen timeline, she hasn't had to make any hard sacrifices yet. Daniel's the hardest thing she's lost. She hasn't actually had to make a sacrifice yet. Willingly. True. So that's, that's going to come back to bite her later. So at least I felt good about that. And then everything else is present tense in this show. Uh, are you still getting audio level? Yeah, there they are. Yeah, you're there. All right. So now that we've gone through that, let's go to the Regina in the present storyline. Okay. Unless you have anything else to say about this past tense storyline. Uh, no. Oh, I turned too far? No? What the heck? Okay, I'm good. Yeah, so we like open with Regina having... I, I think it's safe to say that we can we, we assumed that this was a dream sequence. Um, love to sit and eat raw meat with my son. Yeah, quietly. I love the... the one of the things I hate most is um, having to be filmed or photographed while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. It is not an attractive <clears throat> angle for anyone. Um, Lana still makes it look good. I and do it's love- very clear she's actually eating. Yeah. Because it takes her like a lot longer than uh, a fake miming eating would take she, to, she, to get be able to talk. She has to talk with her mouth full at one point whenever the, there's a knock on the door. She does. And it's one of those things where she smiles. She tries to smile at her son in a loving way. It just comes out a little forced because the moment is awkward because they're both so quiet. And their food is like brown and white. Yeah. And the the set is black and white, except for the red apples on the table. Everything mm-hmm. is very monotone, except for the red apples on the table. Oh, that uh, was, sorry. That was one thing I wanted to say about the past sequence was the, the edit oh, to yeah. make the apple more red looks so jank. It was, you took a screen cap of it and I like zoomed in on it and circled it and her hand was red. Yeah, I'm going to post apple. that on Twitter with this episode, y'all. You, you it's... can po- post my comment that says caught her red handed. Oh God. Anywho, yeah, this. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, me and the puns. I'm about to be a parent. They're allowed. Uh... <laughs> but yes, we interrupt this icy silence of the dinner. We interrupt this dinner's icy silence. There's a there's a knock on the door, uh, and there's this beautiful moment where I, I've said previously before that they write these lines that are supposed to sound menacing, but they didn't run them by any gay people to see if they had additional context that could be found within them. And so, you know, Emma's at the door. And she's like, what are you doing here? Oh, Henry's here. Well, you, you can't have him. I didn't come here for Henry. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, didn't you? What did you come for? You. And I'm like, oh, they did not run that by a single, not a single queer folk. Because no. 
people are already shipping these two. It's season one. And there's already so much evidence that these two should just kiss and, and raise their child together. So um, audience, you can't see what I'm doing. So I have a small activity. Drop what you're doing. Nothing is as important. Um, you're going to take your hand, your left hand, and you're going to hold one finger up. Mm-hmm. And this hand is Regina. Yes. And then you're going to take your right hand and hold one finger up. And this is Emma. Yes. And then you bring them close. Now kiss. Yeah. And you kiss. But that's not the intention <laughs> of the scene. That's not the no. intent of the scene. Because that would have been a completely different dream sequence. One, one probably that the audience would have enjoyed more. Um, yeah. So, so suddenly behind her show up, you know, Mary Margaret and David and Granny and Red and Leroy are all behind him. It was like, we all came for you. And she turns around and Henry's got a rope. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Then we're in the town square tying her to a, to the, the tree, to, the her, to tree. her own tree, her own apple tree in the middle of the street. And Dr. Hopper's there and his conscience is clear. And, they just kept throwing all these things in because she knows who everyone is, right? Yeah. Um, and they tie her to a tree and they're going to... She, uh, Emma grabs an apple from the tree and the apple is black. And she crushes it in her hand and like tar comes out of it. And she's just like, rotten to the core. And it's the grossest, best prop in the whole show. Yes. It is so gross and so awesome. It was pre-slime making. I mean, we were making slime way back, but it was like pre-the slime craze. And it was just like disgustingly good. Um, and she says the she says a line that I just, I can't with the mayor character that she plays. I just wanted to win for once. I'm like, girl, that's all you've done this season. All you've done this season, except for the past three episodes, has been winning. <laughs> You're always three steps ahead of Emma because she dumb because she takes after her father. (laughs) You can't use that excuse right now. I know it's your dream. You can use whatever excuse you want, but you're, you're missing a few wins. The Um, only place where she takes after her mother is her capacity for giving a, uh, a good chosen one speech. Fair. Because she's very good when the time comes of being like, look, we're we're together. This is going to happen. I'm rallying you. You're yeah. inspired. Yeah. When she has to be a leader, she's a competent leader. When she yes. has to be. When she's just working with herself, dumb. When she doesn't have other people supporting her, she's dumb. Which is, you know, I can say that for myself. Yeah. I can say that for myself. I get it. I'm a little dumb. So sometimes I'm sometimes dumb. So she wakes up in a cold sweat in the gray shirt. <laughs> so apparently the shirt is back. She's sleeping in the shirt that Emma borrowed. She so actually did wash it. It's wore part it. of a pajama set. <sighs> Henry grabbed it. I guess he grabbed it thinking she wouldn't, she wouldn't recognize it because it was pajamas. Um, but she's wearing the gray shirt and they have matching pajama pants. And it's a very nice, sleek, sleepy set. And she immediately runs to Henry's room and sees a lump under the covers with like a flashlight, like as if he's reading. She doesn't want to disturb him. So she turns out. But of course, it's pillows. It's also such a good character note that she sleeps in matched pajamas. Oh, of course she does. I'm like, yeah, she she would. Of course she sleeps in matched pajamas. Like she's not like the rest of us who sleeps in 
um, you know, like an old t-shirt and nothing else. I have only just started collecting nightgowns because I'm about to be a parent. It's like, oh, shh, I have to wear clothes to bed. I have to wear clothes to sleep, yeah. Uh, So I have like a couple of nightgowns now that I rotate. (laughs) You know, because they're the ones that fit. This one only fits because it has a big hole in the back. Like a big purposeful hole in the back. Yeah, it's cute. It's a big, cute nightgown. What's the purpose of the hole? To expose my back. In the back. Oh, a upper, hole on the back. Oh, upper not, back. Not, not in the not in the back. It exposes my back. It's very nice to sleep in in the summer because only the front has fabric to it, really. I have some backless garments and I was very oh, like no, alarmed. No, it's for not a that it's not that I wouldn't have said it on the show if it was that kind of nightgown. <laughs> I was like no, it's just got what? a low cut. It's just got a low cut back to it, and then it's got like a strap across the the shoulder blades so that it doesn't fall off in your sleep. It's very cute. Push it over. Oh, I think I have a cavity, and now I don't have dental. Hey, I've never had dental. I have dental now, but it's I have to wait till after I have the baby. I've had dental for nine oh. years. So Regina wakes up. And looks out of her window the next morning. The next morning, because Henry's obviously safe. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks out her window, and her apple tree looks a little weird. She goes down, her apples are rotting in real life. Um, so she runs to Mr. Gold's shop for help, since she knows he knows. And he proposes... That, you know, if she really wants to keep the curse going, she should make another strong sacrifice. Just give Henry to Emma and she'll leave. To which she says, I'd rather just get rid of her. But Mr. Gold points out that she can't kill Emma because that'll break the curse too, which was not something I knew. Nope. That that was was not not established. Uh, Also not established is the fact that just everyone knows Emma's the savior. Like I said, I think her subconscious figured that out. Uh in her dream like Uh of course mr gold knew mr gold knew before emma was born um and henry put two and two together and pinocchio you know hung out with her as an infant so he knew um but i think regina finally put all the clues together in her subconscious and woke up knowing it that's the that's the only excuse i can give this program because she didn't know beforehand because they said before in a previous episode that was the whole upper hand they had was that regina didn't know emma was the savior but we watch the show unlike the writers of the show exactly so that's the (laughs) only benefit of the doubt i can give them right now um to which so if you kill the savior the curse is broken To which Regina points out, yeah, you designed it that way. Wait a minute. You want the curse to break. Gold does not deny it. But he does not outright say it either. Either way. He doesn't admit it, but he doesn't not admit it. Yes, exactly. He has a trip planned. He's ready to leave town. Um, And he suggests that maybe she should too. Because he's not going to help her keep strengthen this curse. And when everyone wakes up, they're going to come for her. So she goes to Jefferson. So we get another scene of Bucky with the good hair. He's back. Now, since the last time we recorded and talked about him, he has been hella canceled. Um, I don't know why. I don't 
care to know why I'm sure it was something. No, no, it was the other guy. The other guy got canceled. The other what? guy said the things about it's a bromance, not a. Not oh, a shit. I thought it was. Uh... I thought it was the other guy. I don't but remember. I think, but I think that Sebastian Stan stood up for him. Sebastian Stan canceled on Twitter. Actor faces online backlash. Oh, I don't know what that is then. I I don't. I don't know what that is. I know that I think that the other guy from Winter Soldier, like an interview asked what he thought of them being shipped. And he was like, I mean, they're, they're two dudes who have like a complicated relationship. It's more of a bromance than a romance. And that was seen as, as very bad, but I only skimmed that article. So I don't know what else happened. It's a bunch of Twitter stuff. And he liked something bad. Oh no. In 2017. It was, it actually oh. did kind of suck, but it's, it's way too much to get into for the show. I missed all Anywho. that. Okay, Anywho. let's let's cut all that. Because I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> so so she goes to Jefferson, who looks very nice. Oh. And um she tries to offer him a whiskey and he uh offends the whiskey. He threw his like she put like a, a white rabbit calling card on Paige's bike. Just Paige slash Grace's and her he dropped, name is Grace. Yes. And he puts the calling card in the whiskey. It makes several vague threats to end her life, but she points out that if that was going to happen, he'd have done it already. I mean, if, it's been 28 years. Yeah. And he kind of needs her for the curse to break. So um, she pops up with his old hat. And he's like, this is useless here. There's no magic here. And she's like, oh, but I have, I have some magic. And so they make a deal that if... He successfully helps her do this thing. And then here's where the deal is very bad. Mads pointed this out. Here is where the deal is very bad. He and Paige will get a brand new story in their current world. They won't remember the past. They won't remember this present. They'll get a brand new story as to why they're together. Mads, why is that a bad deal? She don't have the power to do that. (laughs) If the curse is still working, she's not going to have magic to do that. How? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? And she's like, yeah, sure. That's a great idea. Let's do that. You can't just rewrite the world and change the way the plot of your creation works. Because uh, if you could do that, you'd have done it already. Yep. So, so she, um, she takes this, she takes this handsome man down to her vault to show him where she keeps all of her magic. We've all been there. (laughs) And, um, she has some trinkets. She's very proud of these little trinkets. We don't see what they are. She dumps them into the hat. The hat eats them. Um, the only other thing she has that's more magical is the ring from Daniel. Yeah, he he pointed out it has to be something where we know the magic is working. Mm-hmm. And she showed that, yeah, the uh, the portrait hologram thing. Yeah. I, I believe it's a mi- that's a cantrip. That's probably what, like minor illusion? Minor. Yeah. It's, it's not enough to open a full portal, but it's enough... For the hat to be guided to a place in time mm-hmm. and for them to like reach through and grab something. So she directs it to Snow White eating the apple and he reaches out and grabs the apple. Well, the a little portal opens and swallows the apple up from the ground while Regina's watching it fall. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he snatches it out of the portal space from there and it's got a big old chunk bitten out of it. I want to know if Regina saw that happen. 
I'm going to assume she did not because she was so wrapped up in watching her victory. her victory and gloating and you know. Yeah. Yeah. So this is I, I just want to point out that Regina at at this point has for the sake of this curse sacrificed her beloved father and the very last item she owned that belonged to the man she truly loved. Mhm. Girl's priorities whack. Yep. There's some choices. These are some choices she made. At least she's not willing to sacrifice Henry too. That said, all magic comes with a price. All magic comes with a price. So she immediately makes a beautiful, delicious looking apple turnover. Just once. Out of the remains of the apple. And she, her plan is to make this turnover and then invite Emma over to eat it. But Mm -hmm. Let's go to Emma's story. Let's go to Emma's story. So if we remember from last week, Emma abducted Henry. Straight up did a kidnapping. Straight up did a kidnapping. Um, And Henry, having just been been woken up in the middle of the night by a person he trusts, took until this episode to realize he was being kidnapped. Yep. He was woke up enough to look in the backseat and go, wait, that's all your stuff. Wait, we're leaving now. Oh my God, that's the town line. And he causes a car accident because he's not ready to leave the town until the curse is broken. She's so close. She's so close. She doesn't believe, but she's so close. I just think that of all the things this show has been really chill about, this family television program, um, showing a child grabbing the steering wheel of a car, choices. Choices. Uh, and he gets a good line, which is, they need you, your family needs you. Um, so she goes home, like she drives Henry home, because he's right. She can't abduct this kid. He doesn't want to go. It's an actual kidnapping. That's an actual criminal offense. He's not coming willingly. Um, and she goes home just in time for Mary Margaret to be very motherly, righteously angry justifiably angry drop some straight up truths on her because when mary margaret was ready to skip town emma was like you can't we're like family we need to stick together and here was emma not even leaving a note just gonna leave town with this person she just convinced not to leave town rude i love that the past two episodes have had mary margaret just reading people and giving them, like putting them in their place. Because this is where she calls her a hypocrite and points you're out- regressing. You're regressing. She's regressing and she's not making good choices for someone who claims to want to be a mother. Yep. Just straight up, just, well, hmm. So you don't want to have anyone rely on you, but you're going to kidnap a child. Yeah, <laughs> like she's like, oh, so you abducted him. That's an actual crime. <laughs> you just straight up abducted this child. That's a good choice. Good, good. She's like, I just don't want people relying on me. And she's like, grow up. Yep. <laughs> so that's such a good scene. It's so good. And Emma's like cowed. She's like, okay, you're right. I guess she goes to bed. <laughs> mother has mother has fussed it's time to go to straight to bed without eating uh, henry goes to august because they need to do this now 
And that's when August tells him, look, I failed. He makes the unvarnished truth pun. I hate it so much. I hate the pun. Mm-hmm. I hate the because- fact that his arm is clearly varnished. Mm-hmm. It's nice that it Henry can me- see it, though, because he wasn't sure Henry would be able to see it. So yeah. when Henry can see it, he has an obvious look of relief. And he's like, look, I failed. I don't have enough time left in me to help you do this. I'm going to go hang out with my dad. His name is Marco. His name Hello. in this world is Marco. Hello. <laughs> we, we didn't know last week. We just kept calling him Geppetto. Um, so this proves to Henry, the curse is really real. Like he already knew it was real. He already had the faith, but this is like the last bit of proof he needed seeing wooden arm. Uh, so he's on his own and he looks determined. They do that thing where he steps out the door with his head down. As soon as the door closes, the director's like, and lift your head. And music swells. Yep. And next scene. The next scene is Emma with Dr. Hopper. Since she couldn't get Mr. Gold to help her build a case, she's asking Henry's counselor, which I'm sure goes against all sorts of ethical rules. Um, Yeah. But Dr. Hopper is not there to help. He says, hey, you don't have a case. And here's the part that Mads and I both really like. She goes, but it's good that he's spending time with me, right? Because I'm his mother. And Dr. Hopper goes, and Regina is too. And Regina is too. Regina, so is Regina. Yes, you are. And so is Regina. You're, yes. Finally, someone acknowledges that Regina has legal custody of her son. And more critically to me, because this episode shows it, The very first episode of this show, they did a thing that you and I at the time both disliked very strongly. And it's one, um, I'll call it a retcon, even though it's really more of a matter of once again, the writer's not watching their own show. Mm -hmm. In the first episode, they make it seem like Regina doesn't actually love or care for Henry. Right. But in this episode, she has proven several times that Henry is not something she's willing to sacrifice to keep this curse alive. She does love Henry. She does love care for and want to provide a good life for Henry. He, Dr. Hopper even points out, yes, you two have been fighting this whole time, but she's been working to save her. She's just been working in the best interests of her son. Like Regina's just doing what she can to keep her son away from this influence who, since she's come to town, he started skipping school. He stole a credit card whenever he found out about her. He's been doing all these things that wouldn't look good in a court. And he's regressed into this fantasy world in the book even more, which may have been a mistake on his part because he encouraged it. Yep. So maybe you should drop the war and find a way to exist together if you want to stay in Henry's life. Which, why did it take him this long? Sorry, I got very loud and angry about no, that. No, because um, uh, hot take, nuclear hot, Dr. Hopper isn't a very good therapist. No. He does. He also says at one point in defense of Regina, Regina will never hurt Henry. She'll hurt everyone else, but she would not hurt Henry. Not intentionally. There's an asterisk, asterisk, asterisk mm-hmm. spot, asterisk. Mm-hmm. There's an asterisk by that that says um, intentionally. Yeah, I, I put that there. Yes. Uh, this war has to end if you two are going to be in his life. Do you hear this, boy? I do hear this cat. What is your deal? That gives me time to figure out where we are in my notes. Give me one second. Uh, 
Okay, so this leads Emma to Regina's house as Regina is making this apple turnover. Timing. This is where uh, we are. Yes. Uh, Regina's surprised to see her. She was just about to call her. And Emma said there were, oh, oh, we missed, we missed the gay good line. We missed the gay good line. So when Jefferson reaches into the hat portal and pulls out the apple, Regina says, you know, she's so excited to see it. And she says, now, how to get the savior to taste my forbidden fruit? To which I wrote, ma'am, no gays were consulted. Title of my fanfic. And that's when she started making the apple turnover. She's, which I have a, I have a consent question. Mm-hmm. So you have to willingly eat this apple. But mm-hmm. if you don't know the purpose of the apple, does that count as consent with eating the apple if you eat it just as an apple turnover? Uh, the writers of this show have proved a <laughs> dubious, la- under, uh, dubious under dubious understanding of consent. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> That's on me. So Emma offers, hey, look, I'm going to leave town. I will leave town. I'll be out of here under one condition. There's no world in which Henry and I are not in each other's lives anymore. We both know that. Uh, he's going to sneak out. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. He's done it already. So if if you let me visit regularly, I'll leave and I'll stop being a problem. There's, you know, when it comes to compromise, there's a, it's always a little upsetting for both people. And Regina's like, you're right. You're right. Let's make peace. This is good. Let's make a deal. In fact, let's start being very nice and civil and cordial to each other. Here's an apple turnover for the road. I would feel like this was extremely out of character if we haven't seen Regina use cordiality mm. as a weapon so frequently. I mean, oh, yeah. the woman sleeps in full pajamas. Like, pretenses are a thing that she gets very well. Yeah. I think she has a better understanding of that in uh, The Land Without Magic mm-hmm. than she does as a queen in, in the storybook world. Storybook. Oh, yeah. yeah Storybook yeah. world. She used sadness as a manipulation tactic, but and she did use kindness with Snow, as a manipulation tactic for a while there. But she but uses she, it way more as a mayor. Yeah. she's She doesn't have magic anymore. Yep. And That's all she she's has, got. She is a, a person who... Uh, we talked about how she was abused by her mother. I was going to say she gets it from her mother. Yeah. Well, we're talking about how she was abused by her mother. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a few episodes back. And I think that a lot of children who grow up in households with abuse... you develop ways to protect yourself. Yeah. And I think that for her does it again, contextualizing, not justifying. Right. But for her, that is a way to protect herself. Yeah. I see that. And we, we saw it with, with how she talked to her mom and how she reacted around her mom and how she carried herself in the court with the King later on, later down the road. Yeah. And with Snow, where she continued to befriend Snow. I'm like, oh, we're going to be family now. It, Keep it's, her close. You have any tool in your survival toolkit that you mm-hmm. can use, and you're going to use it. Yeah. And so she 
uses this one. I mean, it, it works out that she didn't have to make up some false pretense to get Emma to her house because Emma was just there because they're connected. Um, and so as soon as Emma leaves with the apple turnover, she immediately goes back to Mr. Gold to gloat. Nothing's even happened yet. And she's already celebrating her victory. Which, she's wearing a nice, nice oh, jacket. She she put on, oh yeah, we her business suit in this one, it's it's a black jacket, but it's got white trim around the lapel. And it's just, it's so classy and good. It's such a good and classy jacket. That's the first thing I texted about this scene. <laughs> yes. Good jacket. Good jacket. Um, and she just immediately gloats. And as she leaves, she does this little thing. He's got lots of globes in the shop. Whereas her parting words, she spins this globe and she heads out the door because she's like, you hope you bought travel insurance because the curse is staying. <laughs> and she spins Love her it. little globe and she leaves. And uh, then we shoot to the last scene of this episode in which Emma has invited Henry over so that she can tell him she's leaving town. Yes. Because she's been a bad influence. He needs to stop skipping school he needs to listen to his mother and he needs to stop believing in the curse because the curse isn't real. So at the same time that Henry's belief is solidified. Yes. Completely beyond the shadow of any doubt. Mm -hmm. He learns that Emma doesn't believe that mm -hmm. she's just been kind of playing along. Yep. She believes in her own superpower, which we have, already proven she should not. She should have less faith in her own superpower than she has in this curse. Yes. Um, because of the whole Sydney thing. Uh, so he knows something's up and he's fighting. And this is where we have some of the worst written dialogue in the whole episode. Because this one's been written pretty well. And they have him say, no, no, no. And then say like a normal line. And none of it sounded. And then she came back with some line that was also bad and he's like how old 10 that line is too young no no or no and then he said something else that like made sense but if they had cut the no 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 out i think it would or just left one it would have been fine yeah. but yeah she you know she says this this heartwarming thing and she tells him goodbye and this is the way it has to be and he grabs her around the waist to hug her she hugs him back, and that's when he sees a little apple turnover on her on a plate on a plate that she's ready to eat. This was this gave me very Peter Pan vibes from the um, mm -hmm. the Mary Martin musical, where I'm just going to take my medicine in a second. I'm getting ready to leave. Let me do it. And Tinkerbell knows what it is and goes and drinks the medicine. Um, Henry sees the turnover, and he's like, "It's apple. You can't eat that. It's poison." And she's like, "No, it's not." So he takes it and runs off, and he bites it. And as he's chewing, she's like, "You want some ice cream with that?" And he passes out. Yeah, and you sent me a note um, while this was happening, which was like, "What kind of parent? What kind of adult watches a child drop to the floor and then just stands there?" And I'm like, "An actor." It's a director's choice. It's also, it's it made for a good shot for the trailer. Also, and it, that's why it was done. What it felt like, it felt like a paused. It felt like a paused scene with a voiceover on it, because her voice sounded like she was running to him, but the shot looked too still. I think it was ADR. Okay. So, um, 
automatic dialogue replacement or auto dialogue, something. It's where you add in dialogue after the fact to kind of justify things. Uh, They did, they did it a lot on quarter in the jar, Buffy. Mm -hmm. They do it a lot Uh, on all of the reality shows I watch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oh God. Yeah. But it it happens a lot to kind of like, Oh snap. We didn't justify this thing in the plot. Mm -hmm. So you get a couple shots where, you know, you've filmed a scene from multiple angles. So you go and, um, you know, yeah. make yeah, sure yeah. that you have a shot of the back of the actor's head so that you can't see that they're talking, but you know that they're talking. I have a degree in broadcasting. I remember some of that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's where the episode ends. Henry, Henry ate the pie, which was yep. not the intentional recipient of the pie. But I will point out, he did eat it with consent. He knew what it was, and he took a bite anyway. Now, I will say the show didn't say consent. It has to be taken willingly. Willingly, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to interpret that to mean that you have to, you don't have to consciously know about the sleeping curse, but you have to consciously know that you have to intentionally eat the apple. Intent is everything, Mads. Fair. Intent means nothing. Intent means everything. Just to tie back to that. Yes. So, I, I'm just trying to, I don't know. I'm trying to justify why this works or would have worked if Henry hadn't have thrown a wrench into it. And I think I'm putting a lot more thought into this than, <laughs> than the writers did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's uh, say uh, how many Apple turnovers should Regina have made out of five? <laughs> Because that is so suspicious to me. She makes one apple turnover and then is like, here, take it. Well, I mean, she could have been uh, the way I think the way it was supposed to be was was she was making it to call Emma over to have it. So she was already making it as a gesture of peace. But Emma didn't know that that was what she was making it for. No, no, Emma didn't. So that was how she was going to play it off. So she was already making it. And it may have just been, oh, well, you know, she's trying to offer me, she's trying to be nice, and she just had this thing, so she might as well give it to me. Right. It just, it just wouldn't have made- No, you're right. It was, it was suspicious as hell. It was suspicious as hell. Had she made a full apple pie, or like multiple turnovers- Or cut it in half. Or cut it in half. Fuck's sake. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. But she, no, it's it's just one. And if she had that good Tupperware, she's just that's how we know she's she's rich. She had that good Tupperware that she was just willing to send out of town. Uh yeah. <laughs> it's like a Pyrex with a snap on. It doesn't even say country crock on the side of it. Right? I was like, what kind of Tupperware does it doesn't say buttig on it? Sandwich. And I'm wondering, there's a part of me that's wondering if this may be like the southernness of it. But just like being offered food, mm-hmm. accepting it right off the bat, and taking all of it, I'm like, what? You only no, do you that have- if you've made enough to share. Yeah, you have a lot, and then you're like, oh, I have some to share, and then you do the dance. Look, I made is- some cookies. I made some cookies. Have Would some you of like these cookies. Some? Yes. Don't take and the then- whole dozen. But I mean, there's also, again, it's the dance of like, again, maybe it's propriety, but I'm just oh, no, like, no, no, I couldn't. No, no, I couldn't. Because if the person actually offers again, that's when you know 
they weren't just offering to you have be to reject polite. it at least twice they have to offer it three times <laughs> our our northern friends are probably like this sounds exhausting but i'm that like no it's just, just it's, it's normal it's normal it's normal it's what you do you have to make <laughs> you you offer us politeness but you don't accept right away if you're being offered because yeah. again, you don't want to look greedy you don't want to look greedy or rude i don't want to take food from you because you know we've grown up in times food is scarce sometimes Mm-hmm. We, we've all come from families, especially down here. We've all come from families that have seen hard times. We don't want to take food yeah. from you that your family might need more. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Yep. I insist. It's like how you say goodbye to each other for an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Though, growing up here, I wish that more people understood the concept of um, the polite dismissal. I've taken up enough of your time. <laughs> <sighs> nice. I I mean, I have a very good, I, it's one of those things where whenever it's time for me to go, I'm usually very good at it because people believe it whenever I say, cool, well, thank you. I have, I have to go somewhere because they know, they know I'm not lying. I have yeah. somewhere else to be. It's always true because otherwise I will feel like it's rude of me to leave early and I will just stay until someone has to kick me out because I'm awkward. I always love when I go to an event that Elaine is not at because that's when I feel okay doing an Irish goodbye, which is where I just leave. We attempt to Irish. I can't Irish goodbye. Every time I attempt to Irish goodbye, five people catch me on my way sneaking out and I end up saying goodbye for an hour. Oh, you're leaving? And my favorite is, oh, you're leaving? I was like, yeah, I was just going to sneak out. Like, hold on. Hey, everyone, Elaine's leaving. Because when, when you're not at an event or when you're hosting the event, I'll send a text. I'm like, I just hey, can't peace leave. out. Head out. And then I just scoot. And then I text everyone later. Thanks. Had a great time. I had to head out early. Was, best feeling in the world. There was right that one New plans. Year's party at your house when I lived with you where it was like three in the morning and people were still at the house. And I went outside and I was like, hey, so it's three in the morning. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like. No, it's time to go. <laughs> I was like, the other two hosts are already in bed. Yeah, I had, I had had too and much. I am pooped. Oh, well, we can be quiet. I was like, no, I got to lock the doors. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they were very sweet about it. They were very sweet about it. Yeah, because I am a, I'm a terrible host. And I was like... I'm drunk. I'm going to bed. Y'all have fun. I'm going to get you one of those banners that says, please leave by nine. God, I want one of those. That'll be like my uh, wedding where we only had like two hours to do anything. Oh God, I got to do that for hours or have it. In the- <laughs> That's the nice thing for us is that like when you're the couple, you get to like do the thing where it's like, okay, well, everyone say goodbye to us. Cause we're getting the fuck out of here. I got to put everyone. We're getting the heck out of here. I got to put everyone to work because all the people who came to uh, my wedding were family. So everyone had to help clean up. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get out of this park by nine. Let's go. (laughs) But uh, okay. So I really liked this episode. And so I would give it, I'll I'll give it a five. I'll give it five apple turnovers. I'm going to give it a four out of five. It was a really good episode. It was a a strong episode. episode. I, I liked last episode. Last episode, I definitely gave five. Did I like this episode as much? Yes, I did. I did like this episode as much as the last episode. So I'll go ahead and give it five. I think it's like, I'm like that horrible teacher you had in high school Mm -hmm. or like your freshman year of college. That's like, 
Um, I give out B's for good mm-hmm. work. I give out A's for transcendent work. I, I, I mean, it's not a spoiler for me to say, I think the finale finale is only going to get a four out of five from me. The finale has its moments of roughness. And I, will I enjoy explain, the finale. I will explain why next week. Or uh, not next week, next episode, because I think we're releasing these. We the are releasing time. these back to back. So, yeah. so. Uh, you will explain for our audience in just a few short minutes if they choose to play the next one and binge it. Yay! Hey! But, uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, Best Dressed is between, for me, Best Dressed is between uh, Regina buying Prince Charming from King George and Jefferson. Uh, for me, it's Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, solidly, as amazing as Regina's outfit was, I would have liked to see it more. And because of the crooked collar... That was a different outfit. In the uh, that's what I'm saying. In the next outfit, uh, and them staying in that, I feel like there wasn't intent behind her outfit choices. That's fair. I'm still gonna say that red that red velvet coat though. That I want red that for myself. Coat is amazing. That's my best dressed. I, I've just I've just compared the two in my head, and Regina in that red velvet coat's my my best dressed. S- solid. Yep. Yep. Um, I I think uh, I just like Jefferson's outfit so much because I want to put it on my husband. <laughs> That's fair. He would he, look so, so good in that. He looks so dapper. So good in a cravat. I want to. I want to do his eyes one day. Like I want to mm. just like put eyeliner on and him. And he's it like, does, no. you don't even have to use eyeliner. It's it's like it's just a little dark eyeshadow right around the lower lashes, just a little bit. I've tried before. I'm like, babe, your eyes are beautiful. They pop, and he's like, oh stay no, stay away from me with that. You can't. Put, <laughs> you can't put makeup on him. He'd be too powerful. His eyes are too blue. I've tried. Tried. He would be too powerful. I just remember that that time we were having a rehearsal at your house, and Sarah was like, "I'm sorry, I got distracted by Shane's beautiful blue eyes." <laughs> um, I uh, I have a really hot husband. <laughs> He's very attractive. Anywho, I think that's enough yeah. time for this episode. Enjoy. Yes. Um, we're gonna do the whole spiel at the end of the next episode. Because uh, yeah. these are being released as a two-parter. Well, this has been Story Broke. Miserably Ever After. <laughs>